order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and we're in November, and it's going so quickly, I can't wrap my head around it. It's already November 7th. We're looking at Thanksgiving in, in just a few weeks. I haven't even taken down all the Halloween decorations, so this is just happening too, too fast. I say it every year, too. It's like, oh, it just gets faster every year, and I keep telling myself I'm going to jump and, and be way ahead of it. You know, we're going to have Christmas decorations up by November 1st, and, of course, it just never plays out that way. But we're going to do something Thanksgiving themed today, and it's going to be fun. Um, I don't know many of you who are not at least remotely familiar with a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Um, if you haven't seen that, I, you, you've got to just take a look at it. It's, it's a, a fun, really iconic Peanuts cartoon. You know, it's like when I think of the holidays, I always think of Charlie Brown. And, of course, it starts with the Charlie Brown Halloween uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Then it goes into Thanksgiving and then Christmas. And then eventually you get to Easter, which is my least favorite of, well, there's also New Year's, um, which is okay. But Easter is my least favorite of of those series. But Thanksgiving is one of my favorite. And so I was watching Thanksgiving, um, the Peanuts episode the other night, just skimming through it. Just, you know, like doing a five-minute recap to bring back some uh, some nostalgia, help me feel like a kid again, which I clearly am not. Um, and in watching it, as I'm scrolling through, I'm thinking to myself, man, it would be kind of fun to go through this and analyze exactly what some of the legal issues are with Charlie Brown and his Thanksgiving. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, this this uh, show, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, it first aired in 1973, And I'll give you a quick rundown just in case you haven't seen it. Um, It really, it revolves around this impromptu uh, Thanksgiving at Charlie Brown's house where it was really a misunderstanding. Peppermint Patty misunderstands. She kind of invites herself and, you know, she's pushy, so she pushes herself on and Charlie Brown couldn't say no. So they have this impromptu Thanksgiving out in the backyard. And meanwhile, Charlie Brown has to have Thanksgiving over at his grandmother's house so he's trying to accommodate his friends and not upset his family. So he has Snoopy and Woodstock set up this whole spread. But instead of like traditional Thanksgiving food, it's toast and popcorn and pretzel sticks and jelly beans. And um, it's just a fun show. So let's take a look at some of the legal issues involved in a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. And before I get into the actual Thanksgiving part where Charlie Brown is is kind of uh, wishy-washy and gets uh, duped or talked into having Thanksgiving, I want to go back to one of the iconic scenes that is very, you know, it happens all year, but very reminiscent of fall, and that is when Lucy holds the football for Charlie Brown, and he comes running down, and he's going to kick it, and she pulls it away at the last minute. So I want to just talk really quickly about some of the things related to that. And in looking at that, you know, what are the potential? Let's say Charlie Brown decided, hey, I'm going to sue Lucy, right? Because he's had enough. So 
he could sue her under a theory of breach of contract. He could say that there was a verbal contract between the two of them that she would hold the ball and he would kick it and that she broke that verbal contract by pulling the ball away. Now, you know, that's a, it's a tough one. It's a stretch, but he probably could allege that. Now, I don't know that, that it would ever be enforceable or, or whatnot. I mean, you can enforce verbal contracts. I don't, I don't know if he'd win on that one. He could also try for uh, a, a claim of fraud, right? He is believing her, right? So she makes a false statement that she's going to hold the ball. She intends for Charlie Brown to rely on it, but she's going to pull it away, and she knows she's going to pull it away. And then he, relying on that promise, goes through, doesn't you know, make contact with the ball, falls on his back. So he might have a cause of action for fraud or misrepresentation. He also would likely allege intentional infliction of emotional distress. Now, he'd have to prove that Lucy's conduct was so extreme and outrageous and, and that he, you know, suffered emotional distress. That's, that's a stretch. I mean, everybody in every lawsuit that I've ever seen where there's an issue of potential in, in, intentional infliction, they allege it, and nine times out of ten it fails. He could also sue her for battery, for civil battery, um, an intentional and offensive touching. Now, it doesn't have to be touching of the other person, right? You could do something that results in contact with, in this case, the ground. Charlie Brown hits the ground, and that could be considered an offensive touching. Now, what would Lucy do, right? If she got sued, aside from punching Charlie Brown in the face, what would she do? Well, she would say that Charlie Brown assumed the risk. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that there was a risk of her pulling the ball away just based on the how many times she's done it in the past. So assumption of risk would be a potential um, defense. And I think that he would, you know, remember, plaintiffs have the burden of, of proof. So he would have to prove that she intended to deceive him. So she'd have to prove fraud. He'd have to prove intentional infliction, which, you know, it seems like she's just having fun. Is she really, you know, trying to inflict emotional distress on him? And is, is her conduct so outrageous? I, I, that's a tough sell. Breach of contract. I don't really think there's a contract there, like even, even though he could allege that. So all in all, at the end of the day, I really don't think that, Charlie Brown would have a successful claim if he ever decided to, to sue Lucy for pulling the football away. All right, well, now let's move into the actual Thanksgiving episode. So let's start with the invitation. And it really isn't an invitation. It's really Peppermint Patty saying, hey, Chuck, uh, you know, let's have Thanksgiving dinner and let's do it at your house and you're going to be the host and, and him just saying, uh, okay. So... Really, Peppermint Patty kind of self-invited herself and everybody else, and she was super disappointed with the non-traditional meal. Um, and so, you know, you're looking at whether or not there's a contract here. So could someone have sued, maybe Peppermint Patty, sued Charlie Brown for breach of contract? You know, could she argue that there was an implied contract for a traditional Thanksgiving meal? And, of course you'd go and you'd look at the elements of a contract or a contract dispute. Like, what does a plaintiff have to prove to prove 
that there was a breach of contract. Well, you first have to, to, to prove that there was a contract. And the elements of, of, of a contract is, was there an offer? Well, I don't really know that Charlie Brown offered anything, right? I mean, she invited herself. Was there acceptance? I mean, I guess you could argue he kind of accepted her self-invitation, but again, that's so far not uh, forming the basis of a contract for me. Was there mutual intent to be bound? I'm going to say no. Charlie Brown never promised anything about turkey and gravy and stuffing. I mean, even if he consented to having them over, there was never any promise as to what they would eat. And her expectation of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner is not mutual with what he intended. So, you know, these, the idea of, of peppermint patty having this breach of contract claim for a social invitation, it's, it's not enforceable. So peppermint patty would be out if she tries to sue Charlie Brown because he didn't have a traditional Thanksgiving. By the way, I mean, she still got the benefit because Charlie Brown invited everybody over to his grandmother's condo. So she still got her Thanksgiving dinner and a pre-Thanksgiving dinner snack prepared by Snoopy. But her breach of contract claim out, out the window. All right, let's look at, at Charlie Brown's grandmother's condo. Now, we never really see it. We know that she lives like in, in the city or whatever, but we never see it. So Charlie Brown and his friends go over to the grandmother's condo. Now, he calls her and he tells her on the phone that he's going to bring some people. Um, okay, so she says okay. But does the grandmother have a claim for anything like trespass or anything like that? Is there, you know, potential that Charlie Brown doesn't tell her how many people are coming over? And is there a, a trespass claim that she has? And of course, maybe, right? Hypothetically, if the grandmother thinks that, that one friend or two friends are coming over and like six friends are coming over, is it is it a trespass? Well, not really. I mean, it, it depends on how the grandmother responds to it. Like, let's say the grandmother says, all right, everybody come in. Then she's accepting of these people that weren't necessarily invited or explicitly invited. And then, you know, there's no claim. If she's upset that these people who weren't explicitly invited showed up, right? She thought it was going to be Peppermint Patty and maybe maybe somebody else. Um, and And she were to ask them to leave. Then they don't leave. Could she have a, a, a claim for trespass? Maybe. But you know what? If Charlie Brown's grandmother was that much of a pain in the ass that she couldn't accept Charlie Brown's friends in her condo, you know, I wouldn't want to eat Thanksgiving dinner over there anyway. Now, I wonder, though, because they never touch on this, did she have enough food for all of them? You know, what was, was her expectation? And how big was this condo? You know, you've got like, you got Charlie Brown and his parents, who we never see. Obviously, Snoopy got screwed. He got to, to stay with Woods. I, maybe he didn't get screwed. He seemed to have a better Thanksgiving dinner than anybody, which is so comical, too. I love that, that component of it. When he is tasked to prepare the Thanksgiving dinner, Snoopy comes up with toast and jelly beans. But then when they leave to go to the grandmother's house, he goes into his doghouse and pulls out this giant spread of turkey and all kinds of stuff. I think that's really funny. 
All right, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about Snoopy serving as a chef. Well, what do we think about that? Could Snoopy say that he was employed by Charlie Brown? Does he have any employment law violations? Probably not. What about the fact that you've got a pet working in food service? Well, I mean, arguably, if, if you had a restaurant and Snoopy was cooking your dinner, you'd probably have an issue with that. Now, it might be mind-blowing to see a dog cooking your dinner, and maybe you'd overlook it just because of the sheer shock of having a dog cook your dinner. But um, what about what about health standards? So, you know, could somebody have turned Charlie Brown in and said, hey, you know, you're, you're running a, a food service business out of here, and you've got Snoopy, who's a dog, and there's health violations. And by the way, you know, Snoopy's upset because Snoopy thinks he was an employee, and he's doing all this work, and he's not getting paid for it. So could Snoopy say, hey, what about labor law? What, what, this isn't right. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting a paycheck. I'm not getting overtime. Now, of course, he can't. And, of course, you'd not see a dog in the kitchen. But they're just interesting discussions that are raised by Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. You know, imagine you go to a restaurant for, for Thanksgiving dinner, and they've got underage kids in the kitchen. Or they've got health concerns. You know, like, I hate to say it because it's just disgusting, but I've talked to plenty of people in the restaurant industry, uh, including food critics and health inspectors, and so many of them say that even in some of our most popular restaurants, the kitchens are not always up to spec especially in the chains and you know oftentimes you you are dealing with rodent infestation or improper food handling and it just kind of makes you like just cringe a little bit because you go into a restaurant expecting that you're going to get you know a decent meal and and who knows what's going on in the kitchen behind you so for all you know they could have a dog who is cooking you dinner so you just don't know. But it's just it's an interesting topic. Of course, there's no real legal claim that could come out of even this fanciful discussion that we're having about Charlie Brown and Thanksgiving. And that also uh, goes along if, let's say, for example, somebody, and let's use Peppermint Patty since she's the one that started all this. Let's say Peppermint Patty ends up getting food poisoning, right? bad jelly beans, or maybe cross-contamination because... Um, Snoopy, I don't know, was was digging in the dirt looking for a bone and then comes in and he's serving up her toast. You know, could she say, oh, man, you know, food contamination, food poisoning. Well, she's a guest at Charlie Brown's house. And unless he is intentionally trying to poison her, which we know he's not, then she's got no claim you know, that's like saying that you, know, you go over to your friend's house for, for dinner or for a football game or whatever, you know, and, and you get sick from the nachos because of, uh, I don't know, maybe there's, there's E. coli in the cheese or something, right? Are you going to turn around and sue your friend and, and say, hey, you know, you poisoned me. I got food poisoning by eating nachos at your house. Do you have a valid legal claim? No, you don't. 
Um, and, and so the same holds true for the idea of anybody at Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving trying to sue for anything going on in the kitchen as far as food contamination or food poisoning. Now, I guess you could argue, well, wait a minute, of course there's contamination because you had your dog cooking Thanksgiving dinner, and so you, Charlie Brown, are, are you know, you, we've got a claim against you because you let your dog an animal, right? A dirty dog. And I, Snoopy, if you're listening, I don't think you're a dirty dog. I'm just, I'm just playing into what they would say. I know you're clean, but other people would argue that your paws were dirty, that your paws had contamination, and that when you touched the jelly beans and the toast, you contaminated the food and you thereby transmitted a foodborne illness to Peppermint Patty. And that's why you're being sued. So I guess there's a theory that could possibly happen. But again, the, the discussion is more on and food safety and health regulations and things like that. But a lot of these health regulations that we're talking about in restaurants, they don't apply to home cooks or people that, you know, you're inviting over to your house and you're preparing a meal you know, don't start thinking that just because you invited Sally and John over to your house, you know, and you didn't do such a good job, um, you know, decontaminating your cutting board or your knives or whatever, and they get food poisoning, you might feel bad and they might not ever want to come eat at your house again, but they're not going to be able to sue you for it. So keep that in mind. That's a good thing. Um, obviously, there is the issue that plagues us us peanuts fans it, it plagues us and that's the issue of parental supervision how many episodes comic strips have we gone through and we never see charlie brown's parents or any of the kids parents for that matter we know they have them but they're never around so what are all these parents out at a bar watching the game getting drunk, leaving the kids home. What are they doing? Where are they all the time? And that raises questions about adult supervision of children and, and whether or not a parent has a legal obligation to supervise their children. Now, think about it. You've got Snoopy using multiple toasters, making food. You've got kids going in the garage, the garage door, if you remember, didn't look all that sturdy, could have fallen on somebody, garage was kind of a mess, setting up tables, setting up chairs, cooking food, no adult supervision to be found, never once do I hear the parents, what would happen if someone got injured during that Thanksgiving dinner? Let's just say Marcy dropped her glasses and fell and hit her head on the table. Who's going to be responsible for that? Let's say that one of the kids stuck their fingers in the toaster oven or the toaster. Remember Snoopy's ear gets caught in the toaster? Now, Snoopy's a dog, so he's not going to be able to sue anybody. But what if, I don't know, Lucy stuck her hands in the toast because it got stuck? Or better yet, not better yet, but worse yet, she takes a fork a metal fork and sticks it into the, the, uh, the toaster to get the toast out. She's electrocuted. Who is going to be responsible for this? Well, 
It would be the parents. And, you know, you would sue the parents for negligent supervision. And it would hopefully trigger homeowners insurance that they might have. And then you'd, you'd have your claim. But parental negligence is a real thing. Negligent supervision of a minor is an actionable cause. And so if any of those kids had, had become ill, gotten hurt, something bad happened to them, Charlie Brown's parents would have been responsible or would at least, whether the outcome of the case would, would you know, be clear, we don't know, but they would at least be sued for negligent supervision. So parental supervision, kind of a big thing. You know, you've seen it in the news. You've seen parents that have left their kids in the car or left their kids unattended. And, you know, obviously it raises all sorts of questions. At what age can a kid stay home alone? And, and what level of parental supervision is required? But we're talking about Snoopy and we're talking about Thanksgiving dinner. We can get into those other topics if you're interested in another episode. But right now we're focused on that Thanksgiving dinner out in his backyard. Now, fortunately... We don't have any civil rights issues with respect to the Thanksgiving dinner because there was no discrimination. Everybody was treated fairly. So that's a good thing for Charlie Brown. What about, though, getting back to the food contamination, what about Snoopy's doghouse? We know he cooks his own Thanksgiving dinner in Snoopy's doghouse, right, in his own doghouse. Is it possible that he cooked anybody else's food or prepared anybody else's food in the doghouse? And would that trigger health concerns again? I mean, he sleeps in the doghouse. Although, I got to tell you, if you've ever seen the episodes where they show you inside the doghouse, it's probably nicer than my house. He's got such a setup in there, and it's super clean. So I wouldn't be so concerned, but somebody might bring that up. Food preparation in, in his house. Now, what about... I mentioned during the football kicking, emotional distress. What about Peppermint Patty? She comes over expecting Thanksgiving dinner, and she's greeted with a hodgepodge of snack food. Now, I guess she ditched her parents and said, I'm not going to have Thanksgiving dinner with you guys. I'm going over to Chuck's house. I mean, that's her own fault for ditching her parents Thanksgiving. Who knew what she was getting into, but she just assumed. So she gets over there, and of course, there's nothing traditional about Thanksgiving. Does she have a claim for intentional infliction of emotional distress? Well, no, because we talked about this. This, this conduct isn't outrageous or egregious. Nothing rises to the level of intent here i mean charlie brown didn't intend to cause her harm he didn't act in a manner that was so outrageous and intentionally try to get her upset by not having her traditional thanksgiving dinner that she expected so any claim for emotional distress that that's out the window what about let's say that i don't know there was food poisoning because i like that one that's that's a possibility and let's say it was all the kids, except for a couple. Maybe everybody that ate the jelly beans ends up getting food poisoning. Could they come together and maybe file an arbitration demand? Well, arbitration's a funny thing. 
there's no contract in place, so they would have to all agree that they're going to arbitrate, and then they'd have to file an arbitration claim against Charlie Brown, right? Because sometimes arbitration clauses are built into your contract. So you might have an arbitration clause in a contract that says that any dispute arising out of Thanksgiving dinner at Charlie Brown's Backyard Bash has to be arbitrated. Well, there's no such thing here. So you're going to end up with some people deciding they're going to sue him directly, some people deciding maybe they'll arbitrate. But again, that would be a, a personal preference because there's nothing controlling. But to kind of summarize all these, these topics, I mean, you could look at anything and you can, you can try to establish liability and claims. And you know what? I'm not a plaintiff's attorney when it comes to like personal injury stuff. I don't do personal injury. And I'm not knocking personal injury attorneys, but I could just imagine the field day that personal injury attorneys would have with Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. I mean, Lucy for sure, pulling the ball away, she would be on the losing end of a, of a lawsuit. She would be a defendant. Now, proving the case, another story, but she would be sued for sure. I, I would almost imagine that... Um, you know, they'd be able to try to come after the parents for negligent supervision of the kids, even though nobody got hurt. Um, I mean, Snoopy did burn his ear, but he seemed to be okay. And like I said, he's a dog, so he wouldn't have a claim. But you could just see how there's so much legal fodder for, for a personal injury attorney to go after and to try to, you know, create um, or expand potential claims in an effort to try to force a settlement or, you know, get money out of, of the deal. Um, but while everything looks like it worked out for Charlie Brown and his friends, you know, there are lessons that you can take away from this. I mean, there are, you know, issues, legal issues that are worth noting. Employment law issues, like we talked about, health and safety issues. But I mean, I, unless you own a restaurant, you're not going to have those same concerns with food preparation um, or employees. But if you're just, you know, a, a, an average person who, you know, doesn't do a ton of entertaining, but you have friends over every once in a while, you make dinner at home that, you know, every once in a while, you know, just, just a normal run-of-the-mill person, not somebody living some extravagant lifestyle or, or somebody that runs a restaurant, you don't really have to worry about any of that stuff. But if you do have kids, then you've got that claim or that, that legal issue of negligent supervision, um, which is interesting. And I, I could tell you some stories about negligent supervision, but I'm going to save that for another episode because that would just bring the mood down. We're, we're having some fun here today. We're just talking about the fanciful ideas of Charlie Brown and, and looking at the potential claims that somebody could bring. So I don't want to get into the heavy sort of topic um, concerning like real world negligent supervision because you know, I've got some, like I said, I've got some good stories that are educational and helpful and certainly something that we can look at on other episodes, but we're not going to do that today. I like to keep it light, have some fun. Um, there's enough going on in the world, right? So 
Nothing wrong with having a little fun. Nothing wrong with an old guy watching some Charlie Brown and thinking about all the potential for litigation that could come out of it. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode. It's kind of off the beaten path, you know, a little bit different than what we've been doing lately, but um, I thought it was fun and hopefully you did too. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, We're going to continue on uh, with the next upcoming episode on Thursday. We're going to talk about some pop culture stuff. Um, If you haven't been reading the blog, you should definitely do so because we have some interesting articles up there on the blog, uh, including the recent renewed lawsuit against Mariah Carey, which we're going to touch on on Thursday's show um, for her, her song, All I Want for Christmas is you and all she didn't want is a lawsuit but we'll talk about that on the next episode that's going to do it for today thanks for joining us please make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already as you know we're available on every podcasting platform please let your friends and family know about it too any questions comments any topics you'd like to hear on the show please feel free to reach out all of our my contact information is in the description on the podcast Have a great day, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.